Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She stars, she starred as Jenny Anydots in the 2016 Broadway revival of Cats. Welcome, Sarah M. Jenkins, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I always love asking first your history with the musical. So how much did you know about Cats before you decided to take on the tap dancing mother <laughs> of Jenny? Were you well aware? Did you do it as a production growing up? Did you see it as a kid? Like what, where, where were you on the spectrum? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, I had never done a production before, but when I was a kid, I want to say I was probably, probably 11 or 12 and I'm from San Diego, California. And the tour came through and we went and saw it at the civic. And I remember sitting there watching it is this like probably between 10 and 12. And I had danced since I was, you know, like since I could walk. And I remember sitting there seeing it and I didn't think, oh my God, this is amazing and life-changing. But what I did think was, oh, what I'm doing after school can be a career. So, I mean, oh, somebody should have, somebody should have so like stopped me then and been like, and been like, pay more attention to math. But, um, but no, so I, yeah. So instead, cause I've always kind of, I'm the person that's not like, I love, and I do it for the art. I feel like I'm the person that got bamboozled into musical theater thinking it would be a good living. And then by the time I was in it so deep, it was too late. So, you know, so like, <laughs> but I definitely saw cats and was like, this is oh my God, this is it. Like I can, I can do this. Like all these singing and dancing lessons that I'm doing, this is what I can apply it to. And I had seen other shows, but for some reason, Cats was the one that, that got me. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. And then, how was uh, how that the one that got you? What else did you see? I don't know. It must've been garbage. I don't know, but I will say though, this is a two-parter. So then I started, I mean, it was from Cal- Southern California. So I started working a lot as a kid and a teenager and I saw the tour when it came through again, when I was about 19. And at that point I had already done a full U S tour. I had gone, I did my first tour a month out of high school. 
I went back to California for a little bit and the non-equity tour was coming back through the civic again. So I went, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to revisit this. Uh, and I brought my little sister and we went back to the show and we left it intermission. Left. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like, Ouch. I was like Just... so, so the thing that totally sparked my interest in saying, I'm going to do this for a career I saw the show again, you know, roughly 10 years later and was like, what is this? And like, just got up and left. I was like, no, thank you. So it's pretty hilarious that the last time I saw cats before I was on the stage truly was when I left at intermission. I mean, you were, you were done. You were done though. Like your, your main role is, this, is done by yeah, that at that point. Totally. totally. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. So funny. Yeah. So that was it. So, so inspiration I, yeah. was as a kid, you couldn't even handle watching as a young adult. I totally couldn't. And it was the one with the blow up set too. And I remember just being like, are they bouncing around an astro jump? What? Wait, there's a blow up set? Yeah, man. When the, uh, when the tour turned non-equity and Troika took it over back in whenever that was, and the tour went out for, you know, a million years, but the way that they downsized the set, uh, it was essentially an astro jump. So, they would plug it in in these smaller theaters and the entire set would just blow up. So it wasn't weight bearing. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, the trunk didn't open and you couldn't climb all over the set. Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. So is it basically the equivalent of like a bounce castle? Yeah, 100%. And actually this last tour that went out of our revival used that same blow up set. <laughs> so like, how did i not know about this yeah, this is fascinating yeah. it's crazy um because another fun fact that like nobody really knows about surprise is i went out to the tour last summer for one week in an emergency situation and i got there and was like what is that noise because you walk backstage and all you hear is <laughs> up the set like, every day what the fuck is that yeah it's a blow just a it runs the whole show like it, the noise oh, so yeah i mean you show. need you need the the, they the got air that, like, thing going through yeah guitar blasting because the audience would just hear an astro jump anyway um but yeah so so that's kind of it and then i i auditioned for the original company of this revival um i initially went in for um rumple teaser which i had been told my whole life like that's what I, you're a rumple teaser. That's what you do. You're short and you tumble and that's it. Um, so I went in and like clearly didn't get it. And then once replacements started coming back up, I actually went back in for rumple teaser again. Uh, and there was only a few of us. And it was during that, that Andy, um, who I had known for a while said, wait a minute, don't, don't you tap? And I was like, yes yes, that's actually what I prefer to do. And it was that moment that I knew, oh, okay, they know that Eloise is leaving. So I got slated into, into that. Um, so I, I technically mean, never auditioned for Jenny, really. I only auditioned for Rumble Season twice. Just <laughs> came in and, and got it. I still can't get over the fact that it's, it was a bounce castle, basically, yeah. for a set. Yeah. How does that, I still can't get, I can't fathom how that works. So you can't climb on it. Like there's a bunch of stuff in the productions that I only saw the 2006, I saw your production twice. Yeah. And I've seen the movie old and new and that's it. Okay. No, um, no other versions, no other times. I've now heard a lot about a lot of them, Yeah, but my, I remember very vividly a lot of things happening of like people jumping up around and like, how do you build, like, how do you build a, 
a skimble shanks train if you can't all be standing on the set yeah it's all just done on the floor that is amazing yeah the i'm telling you this is a gift that keeps giving it just keeps i keep learning more and more and nobody had warned me so when i went out to to the tour and i sat there and i watched it the first night and i was so confused i was like why why isn't jenny in the in the car and instead she just like walked out on a little ramp and then like instead of the trunk opening and rolling out and doing all that she just like slid down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so listen it worked it was fine audiences loved it but i truly it was it took me by surprise yeah i guess when you're on a when you're watching a tour you're kind of dealing with whatever the nuances of that theater like they're not all the same they don't have the same space yeah, exactly. so you kind of expect that but i i don't that's still fascinating to me okay yeah. let's let's move okay. forward so yeah, you yeah. you saw it as a right around the fringe of where i'm okay with parenting bringing children i don't think they should like too young it's it's very too sexually aggressive of a show in my opinion for kids to go to but teenager i think you can kind of get away with and so but i I can't get over now that you saw it and then came back and it was like this is my life-changing moment i've made my career decisions off of this show yeah and you came back did you doubt yourself after when you saw it the second time and left the intermission we're like i made the wrong career path no, because I had already been working professionally in the biz. You know what I mean? I so I was like, so I was like okay. all right, I'm doing the good I'm doing the good shit now. Who needs that anymore? Fast forward that then I end up doing the show. Yeah. Okay. So what what did you when you get to replace Eloise, what did they tell you about Jenny? All right. So it's interesting when you replace in a show because you don't get that full, you know, couple month experience of building things with the rest of the cast and doing all that. You know, you get, I had four weeks of rehearsal. Luckily I was put into the show with um, basically three other people. So I was going into the show with a new Mistopheles, a new bomb and a new Demeter. And luckily Jenny and bomb and Demeter do a lot kind of similar track work. So mm-hmm. it was great for us to all learn the show together because we interacted so much. Uh, so that was good. And they're your Kim daughters. Hardy, they're not my daughters. Are they not? No. no. Also, here's the thing. Like in the original production, Jenny was a more of a, a matronly, you know, character lady who did a couple shuffles. And in this version, she's like not old. You know what I mean? I'm like, she's dry yeah. and doing like this crazy ass shimmy tap dance. And I'm like, I, what? Um, so it was good. So I'm sure like whatever, whatever the idea was that Jenny was in this original iconic production to me is not who Jenny was in this one. Cause it's just, it wasn't choreographed or set up the same way. Mm-hmm. So I took them more as that, you know, they were my pals than my kids. Interesting. It's such a different way of like, it's always seems that Jenny's the mom that takes care of everything. Yeah. I mean, what was, what was fun is that, um, I mean, we were given bits of backstory and things to create, but I was also friends with people that were already in the show, which was super helpful to me. Like, uh, Mamie is one of my dear, dear old friends. Like we've known each other. We toured together. It was great. Um, so I was super excited to be in the show with her. Tyler's an old friend of mine, Sarah Fort, like, 
I had real life relationships with all these people. So it was a lot easier to jump into the show with these pre-established relationships than somebody who didn't know anybody and was like, hi, I'm here dressed like as a cat. Who am I supposed to like? Um, so that was, which, so that was cool. Which is a fascinating thing to know because I heard Sarah and Tyler said that, said that as well. And there are some super fans out there that like, they, they're not happy if you're, very clearly friends with a cat that that's not you're not supposed to be friends with that cat like there's it's a there's some traditionalists that's like no you shouldn't be you're supposed to not like them or that's supposed to be a rival or and it is fascinating fascinating to me it's so funny yeah cats fans are fans you know what i mean that's it was it's different it's definitely it's amazing to be a part of that to be a part of a show that has that kind of fan culture but I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I started, I opened the show by as being one of the cats that goes through the audience. So I started in the basement of the Neil Simon and it, the ones that started down in the basement were, uh, so they'd call places and most people would go to their sides of the stage. And then there was a group of maybe five or six of us that used to have to go all the way down underneath the theater and hang out in this dirty, like probably body filled basement and wait till the audience went to their seats and then we'd get released into the lobby downstairs and just get to hang out there until our entrance for the whole overture and stuff. And I mean, that group of people was, uh, Jenny and, uh, Tugger and Jelly and Bomb and uh mungo jerry i mean basically it was a it was all a group of us that were all friends so we would just goof off and hang out down there but um so i had to enter through the audience and going through the audience to enter in person is much different than starting the show on stage and being able to survey the audience you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's dark and you start to sing and you're going through the aisle with my sole purpose being to scare children a first and foremost <laughs> who can i find that looks like they're under 10 that i can try to make scream during this opening number and then second like you're scoping out who is there and sometimes people would come in full costume dressed up and I, and I would scream, like I would be terrified because I think I'm going to go up and scare the shit out of some kid right now. And then I turn around and there's like a 50 year old man in a homemade monka strap costume that then terrifies me so much that I have to like run away and continue the opening number. So it was always, it was always a treat. There's no, this is again, fascinating to me that like one, we can't, we have to use a bounce castle for a sad, but also there's <laughs> yeah. no way to, in these theaters to get you to the, the entrance besides like going through the the like crawl space below the theater like how is this how's that a thing like is there's no way there's no like side door like how's that the only way to get you there yeah well because i mean these these theaters are so old you know what i mean so you can't really go outside so it's just crawling your way walking down to to the boiler room started the show in the boiler room (laughs) Under the seats, come back out. Yeah. Did you have any, because again, that was the other thing is I was not on the aisle when I saw it the first time. I was very glad I wasn't because I would have been the person you scared and not been happy about it. Oh, totally. But did you ever have any experiences? I think Tyler mentioned was the one who mentioned he got hit. He got punched by a kid. But did you have anything where you scared somebody and they weren't happy? Uh, not really. Not really. I feel we are very similar in I will never sit on the aisle seeing any show ever because I'm terrified of people like me. 
you know, like I know, I know what I do when I'm in that position. And when I'm an audience member, I would be terrified to encounter me as a performer. So <laughs> that being said, um, nothing, nothing ever got too crazy or aggressive for me. I mean, there was a moment in the show. One of my favorite moments is after, um, after Tugger, because Jenny and Tugger have a real complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> when I went into the show, Tyler and I got super excited and there's a moment after his number where he would go down into the audience and take the photo, like the Mm -hmm. Tugger photo. And you'd always kind of either sit in an empty seat or, you know, grab somebody up from the audience. And Jenny's job was to run down there and kind of scold him and try to get people away from him and kind of have this little fight. Well, there was, there were a couple weeks there where, I don't remember, maybe it was a few shows in a row where we just couldn't get any of the audience to interact with us. So we started, we started putting on our own just three act play in the aisles. And we thought, we talked about afterwards and went, I mean, we're going to get a note. Like somebody's going to say something. Mike, nobody ever said anything. So the problem is when you have people like me and Tyler and you don't tell us not to do something, we're just going to not only keep doing it, but it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. So like the last month of the show, we we had a whole soap opera happening. We went down there. We got in fights. We made out. We got married. We did like, we would just get away. We got away with so much. And I think you can get away with so much in the show as long as you are, you know, full out because you're wearing a unitard with a painted face and like kind of anything goes. Yeah, you, if you commit, then yes, you're, that's, you're the, that's, the, that's the thing. You can't you can't not commit, but if you commit, you can pretty much find a way to justify anything in this show. So with live theater too, it's like you know like I've seen it twice years ago, and so yeah. it's like the memory of me trying to kind of pull back is like I don't think I would have caught that, but no. you doing it every day, you kind of piece it together. Now there is fans that have gone many times to see a lot. You know, there's the the junkyard oh, yeah. that goes a lot, but even then, I think like that's probably something that maybe they're lucky if they catch on because you're you're not seeing three or four shows in a row. You're maybe catching it once or twice a week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and there were, and, and that was also so fun because there were people that saw it enough that they would catch on to certain things like that. But for the most part, this show is just so visually stimulating that you could see it 10 times and watch something different every single time and, and completely miss things, which I think is something that's pretty, that's pretty cool about it. It is. It's what makes it. Um, really an impressive and thing. It's honestly, it's the way reason I can keep having these conversations over and over again. Cause like I learned something new almost every time because there's just such different variations because it's run for so long and there's people doing, you know, small tweaks here and there to oh, this, yeah, but sure. since there is no story. There is no plot. No, I'm trying to actually part. look up right now. I used to have, I need to find it. I used to have a, um, a note on my phone that was my summary of cats that I used to send to my friends that were coming to the show. When I would say, don't try to figure anything out. These are the ABC bullet points that you need to know. And I think you would get a kick out of it, but I'm trying to, I want to, I want to hear yours because then I can give you my I'm version of it. it. Did you, did you recommend to your friends to be intoxicated? Always, but here, but only to a certain degree. 
I said, I said, this is a, um, you know, it's a single edible or a two drink show. Where, not, not what's both. the, what happens if they go off the cliff? Like what's the worry if they go past that? If you go past that, I mean, here's the thing. If you go past that and somebody in full cat face like sneaks up on you, yeah. that's not that's okay. where we're going to a place that is, that is dangerous, which I actually found it. Do okay. You want, let's hear your, do you want yeah. to hear last this, this, this note was last touched. It says November 18th, 2017. This is what I would send to my friends. All right. I haven't read it. It says, this is all you need to know about cats. One opening. What it means is why are all these people in our junkyard? That's the entire summary of the opening number is us hanging out in our clan saying, why are all these people in our junkyard? Summed it, summed it up for you. Eight minutes summed up Two naming of cats. Okay, fine. If you're going to stay, then we'll explain ourselves and the party that we're having kind of fair. Number three, Gumby Cat, the first contestant who could win and come back in one of my nine lives. You should pick me because I tap dance, duh. Four, Tugger, interrupts the contest because he thinks he's cool but is actually just a jackass. Great. Five, Grizabella, when cats do drugs, we don't like them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so this, is, this is great so far. Is it, right? Is it, would you concur? Okay, six, Bustopher Jones, the next contestant. We like him because he's fat. And Jenny, and Jenny is apparently a chubby chaser. <laughs> Seven, Mongo, Mongo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, troublemaker, troublemakers out there, so that we can go get water and pee. <laughs> so they're just a, like they're the break, so everyone they're cacking it off they're stage. The, they're one of the only times that all the other cats get to leave stage. Yeah. So on this note, it's true too. When you think about it, that is the only time since the show started. <laughs> that anybody has a chance to pee. And also, if you're talking about an old Broadway theater, there's not like unlimited bathrooms. So sometimes you'd have to look at each other on stage and be like, who's going to pee today? And the two people that had to pee the worst could go and they, run and they, pee. There was, time, there was time for two people to pee in the girls' dressing room during Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. I love that back. you built that into your, your storyline. Is that like, look, this is behind the yeah. scenes of how this actually works. Yeah. This because, is our break. Think about it too. This isn't a normal costume where you're just like, oh, let me tuck up my microphone and pee. Like you have to run off stage and dressers, two dressers were always waiting by the bathrooms. For the first two that came, you would just stand there and they would have to unsnap your entire unitard, pull it down. You'd run in, you'd be sweaty. So when you came back out, it took two people to try to put a wet unitard back on you in enough time to run around stage and reenter for old Deuteronomy. That's probably so that's more information your, than you ever wanted. I, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense though. I, I, <laughs> no, I well, that's, that's the part like when you're going to get to the intermission, but I can't believe that old Deuteronomy doesn't take his break and just sits up there. Oh yeah, that's his like job. That's that's what's next. It says eight, old Deuteronomy, the leader who picks the winner. Then we're at the Jellico Ball, our big orgy party. That's yeah. it. That's the only yeah. explanation. Our big orgy party. Then I said, ten, act two starts with us all super sad because old dude is clearly mad at us for being mean to Grizz, but whatever. So that's what mm -hmm. happened there. 11 is Gus. We were all meanies. So now we have to listen to the old man and pretend that we care about acting in his weird dog battle. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Skimbleshanks. He does shit on trains. McCavity. 
He's rapey and scary and kidnaps old dude. Mistopheles, don't worry, he'll find him. He does magic lights and shit and lots of turns. And then we're at 15, Grizz, old heroine cat, but I guess she belts high enough that we all accept her. And then 16, she wins and flies away to pussy heaven. And I'm like, great, that bitch is gone. So I guess that means I'm back to taking center stage. And that's cats. <laughs> that is a great synopsis. You've nailed it. There's nothing I, else you need to know. I would, I, yeah, I mean, truly, though, everybody was like, oh, I get it now. Because then they go, what's it about? I'm like, there are 16 points. And then just kick back and enjoy the singing and dancing. Yeah, my elevator pitch was always, it's the weirdest competition show you've ever seen with the cat being murdered at the end totally totally that's it we're all all very eager to die but before one of us dies we want to make sure we have that orgy yeah the the, that is and there's the the introductions the naming of the cats it's like you know and the the show starts and it's like up coming up here's what's happening and all these cats that don't actually exist on stage but we're talking about them anyway yeah you, you name a bunch of names that don't matter. Yeah, that don't matter. Just, they're just there for the orgy. Totally. Yeah, that's a that's a very strong synopsis. Thank you. Thank you so much. It should be published. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance. Like it's now recorded, but you can <laughs> you can publish it. T. S. Eliot with just like the most beautiful prose, and then I sum it up to sixteen points. I still summed it up, and I watched I watched a version of the a, a weird offbeat a little like kinky erotic version of the x factor oh it absolutely is yeah that's how i summed it yeah with a judge with a couple you know young characters performing couple old characters performing the weird kind of like throwback to last season is the orgy of like oh here's kind of all the other people like that's that was it and then and then one belter wins and we move on. It's true. It's true. Oh my God. It's so funny. And the, and the reason I, the only reason I knew that is because I saw Leona Lewis the first time. And I think that's the only reason I pieced that together. I don't think there's any other reason. I would have probably walked out just being like happily enjoyed watching people sing and dance, not piecing any storyline, having no idea what I witnessed, but it was probably around your number or Tugger's number when I started to be like, it's just cat after cat after cat after cat. I'm like, it's just, it's yeah. a competition. It's star search. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's my frame of reference. And that's how I've come up with all of my synopsis of it. No I other it. real reason, which is why whenever I talk to people from your cast, who give me very thoughtful cerebral, like the redemption story. See, I'm like, I'm glad you said that, that Chris Bell was on heroin. Cause that's kind of what fully, I thought. Fully. Well, the only backstory, I mean, there were cer- certain, certainly backstories that we were given. And then as it happened, you know, like they, they kept developing, which is why I think too, it's fun because based on based, it would be different based on who was on stage that night too. You know what I mean? Like if somebody was on for a certain cat, but you had a relationship with that actual person or the way that that person was in that role could be totally different from the way that I interacted with a bomb on a different night. Yeah. And it's you know? 40 years of doing this. Like there's yeah. different versions of like different cats names. They've replaced some, they've changed some. There was Tugger was a rapping street cat one time in London. Oh and, yes. I heard about, I heard about that. Yeah. Like there's a lot to it. There's a Gilbert. That was my favorite. I found in Japan. Who knew? 
like a it's like a samurai cat essentially it seems like a little culturally insensitive but it was when i read about it it was there was a, a scene that i don't think existed in the u.s at all that they added to a you know a production overseas all right well there was that and again, people, like I said, you know, the purists that love the show and that did the original version, I think have such strong feelings about it. But as somebody that was like, this is fun dancing and singing and I get to be with my friends and like the revival, I think it's great and wonderful, but I don't have that same, like, this is it. This is the story and this is the only way. I'm like, make it up as you go. Yeah, That's you read your points. That's very obvious that that was, yeah, but you know, had it very well summarized. Thank you, thank you. But, um, but that being said, within that, I feel like it, it can either be a performer's dream or nightmare. Like, I feel like you have to really love improv and kind of flying by the seat of your pants within limitations to really enjoy that show to the fullest. So, I mean, when I get to spend half my show running around the stage with, you know, Tugger or Tyler or um, Jelly or any of these people and they're, they're quintessential yes anders. You can just have a different show every single night, which mm-hmm. keeps it entertaining for us. But I feel like that also could contribute to why people come back and see the show so many times. Definitely. Yeah. It's also, it was your dream as a 10 year old and your nightmare as a 19 year old. It was. I just didn't realize that it would involve, you know, rolling out of a trunk in a fat suit. And here we are. <laughs> and then a costume change. <laughs> yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so when I, when I remember when I saw, cause I, I saw you and Eloise cause of my, the timing, um, gotcha. the, the part, I just, the number, your number, the first time I was just like, I, I was still, it was too early in the show for me to be, I was, I was completely dumbstruck at that point still. But when I saw it the second time I'm sitting here going, Oh yeah, this is the part where I like the costume change and I love the tap dancing number, but I'm like, oh, this is the part where it's going to be like rats and cockroaches again. It's going to weird me out because it's like my New York nightmare. It's like coming, moving from the Midwest. <laughs> my biggest Going's nightmare in New York, we're, we're having a rat or a cockroach in my apartment. And it was like, hey, we're going to now have them as human adults on stage tap dancing. Tap dancing. I mean, at least in this revival, that section was very, very truncated. I believe in the original, there were a lot more 
dancing cockroaches and such. And I think this, what was it? Three of them just came out and did two eight counts while I did a costume change. And then they were like, let's get out of this. Yeah. But watching the 1998 movie too, it's like, there's a whole line of them. It's like 10. Oh yeah. That shit, that shit's terrifying. And then the movie, the new movie was even more terrifying. I can't, I don't know if I have the strength to talk about that. I don't really want to talk about it, but that part, like again, was a lot. I was like, why is she, why is she eating them? Yeah, it was, and then it was, she took her, and then she unzipped her skin. Well, that was a costume change. I kind of like. I at least thought like, oh, okay, I get this is the costume change they're trying to mimic. But did that have to be that terrifying? I mean, that was. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, it went for it. I will. I um. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was a treat. The whole thing was such a treat. So my last Jenny and Dots question for you, and then we'll get into some rapid fire and my final question, but. Do you think your character is the laziest character or literally running the show behind the scenes? Um, I think she is pretty much running the show. I mean, she's lazy. I feel like she just has the opposite hours, right? So she sleeps all day. I called her the bodega cat. I felt like she was a total bodega cat um, that laid around that bodega all day. And then when they closed up shop for the night, she was like, all right, time to get shit done. Um, But she did kind of keep everybody in line. And the only backstory, like solid backstory that uh, Mamie and I had talked about is to kind of justify the fact that like me as Jenny and Eloise as Jenny, like we're not an older matronly motherly like person, like we're now we're like running around and spry and, and trying, trying to figure that out. So what we kind of figured out was that, uh, Grizz and Jenny were kind of peers. And when Grizz took off, I don't think they were my kids. I think that I kind of got stuck raising all of Grizz's illegitimate children. And like, we kind of got, we kind of got, yeah, I kind of got stuck cleaning up her shit. You know what I mean? Like she went off, she did her thing. And I was like, cause a lot of the interaction I had in the show was with her. Whenever she mm-hmm. would show up, Jenny was the first one that would run up and get in her face and be like, fuck you, get out of here. Yeah. Um, so we had to justify like, why am I running out of this crowd, getting up in your face and hissing at you and trying to get you away from here. Um, so that, that worked for us to think that, you know, we were friends and she just left me with the mess to clean up. So where do you think she went? I, you said heroin addicted. Like, where do you think she went? Oh yeah, I think she was like a druggy prostitute. Okay, that's that's what Isn't I thought. It, yeah, I've gotten some Isn't, not. You know, she's like a feral. She was a feral cat. She went out. She did. She had the kids. She had the kids. She did the drugs. She took off. She was an addict. She left Jenny to clean up her mess, and that's why Jenny's like, "Get the fuck out of here." And then you're gonna reward her with a win at the end. Yeah, yeah. To which, to which, here's what I say: if if this reward is based on life merits, Gus should have won. That's the obvious choice. That's the obvious choice. Like, bless his heart. Gus is on his last legs. That bitch ain't being reborn again. He's either, like, turning to dust or he's, you know, getting his getting his ninth life. Um, but if it's a talent show, I mean, she belted the highest. And Jenny's like, I mean, whatever. I'll be back next year when that bitch is gone and I'll probably win then. You know what I mean? Like Jenny's got a lot of lives left ahead of her. Um, Tugger's got a lot of lives left to him. Uh, you know, Grizz, Grizz so belted the highest. If America's voting as if it's a competition show, do you think she gets the win? 
She does because I think she's in the sweet spot at the end. So you That's think why. that they're going to you know play out the redemption story. Moms at home are going to vote for her because she's, you know, found her way and is now 100%. taking care of her children. And we all know that it's about placement, right? It's about placement when you get to these things. Yep. You want to have a... You want to have a strong opener, which is Jenny. Then you want to have a strong finish. And what's the last thing in people's minds when they pick up their phones to vote? The last thing that they saw. You put the high belter at the end. So, like, I can't falter for winning because we were all tired. We had performed two and a half hours ago. Nobody remembers Jenny's tap dance from two and a half hours ago. You're going to vote for the, you know, bitch that scrolled to the back of the house. That's fair. That is the, I mean, the redemption story argument is for her. I still think you combine Tugger and Mistopheles. So they can go live in gay kitty heaven together. Together, together. Bert and Ernie up to the heaviside layer. It's a joint competition. You know, if it's a competition show like the X Factor, they're going to always take some solos and make them a group. It's how we got, <laughs> how we got One Direction, how we got Fifth Harmony. That's my it's vote. It's true. It's true. That's but is the heavy, That's is the heavy side layer... Is the heavy side layer an actual place? Because I used to think that it was, you know, it's code for you get your next life. Like we say you get reborn into the next Jellicle life. So if you take Misto and Tugger, who's to say that they're going to be reborn back together? Like that could be the end of the of the romance. That's true. That is very true. There is the argument that it's actually just a place in the Winter Garden Theater, in the like the attic, essentially. <laughs> Like that if we go up there, there's just going to be a, place. a, a yeah. party happening. Yeah. <laughs> that is the one of the other arguments. Um, okay, so you're, you're team Gus. I'm team, if, if we're talking about real, you know, the cat's life and what they've contributed, and if, if we want to give somebody another chance to be reborn, it should totally be Gus. If we're going on, you know, American Idol style, who belted the highest and who's the freshest in your mind, like the audience is going to vote for Grizz, even though... It probably shouldn't be her. They're but to be fair, we used to play. Kid. Yeah, we used to play a game at the end of the show called because we were so tired. Called, can I hold my breath for as long as Mamie holds the note? No. No, the no. answer is no. the answer is no. Like we were so dead at that point. I remember sitting on that car trunk with um, you know Skimble, whoever was playing Skimble that night, and we'd turn up stage and be like, oh my god, here we go. <gasps> And we were so out of breath that we're like, no, give up. Can't do it. I can't even sit, sit here and hold my breath for as long as she's sustaining this phrase. Yeah, it's, it is um, incredibly impressive. And it was fun to talk to her about just in general about her take on the show because it was the first Grizabella I got to kind of argue with. But then oh, I'm totally. like, I got to, you know, I did get to see her the second time I performed and or I went to see the performance and I was just like incredible to, to watch her do that. And then to think, like, I also love that most people know of that for the people that didn't get a chance to go see her because of the Macy's Day Parade. Absolutely. I'm so glad that that clip can just live on forever because I feel like it's the it's the Grizz standard that everyone will be held to. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, well, do you sound like that? Which is the fact that it's also the Macy's Day Parade is, like, kind of hilarious because it's... What's Such weird. a different experience. And then it's also like, oh, it's cats. Just some cats roaming around here. Just cats walking around 34th Street. No big deal. Yeah. Which ironically is pretty much what 34th Street looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. 
just a just a junkyard yeah so we've covered my main question so let's do some rapid fire great so if you weren't jenny any dots mm-hmm. and who would you want to play what other cat would you want to play oh i think i'd like to play rumple teaser just because I spent my whole life being told that that's what I should do and then never got the chance to do it. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's fun. It's a great, I, I mean, super fun. that is the main thing I remember from the first time I saw it is I could not get that song stuck out of my head. Yeah. It's it was, wild. I was it's singing wild. it the whole time out of the theater. I saw a matinee. So I'm like on my way home, like thinking about that and that was it. And I'm, and then yeah. it's, as I got home, I'm like, what did I just watch? And that's when it all kind of like hit me. <laughs> And then you continue to asking yourself that question. Every yeah. Day. And I saw that day, so I didn't drink before. Oh, no. I drink after. And that was when I like, was like, okay, I got it. Oh I'm, I'm aware. And then I saw it exactly a year later because I had a friend that came in from out of town and had never seen it and knew my argument of mm-hmm. it and was like, we're going. And so we went and bought you like the cheapest of cheap tickets, sat up way up high and watched uh, the second time around awesome i do feel like i have a two-part answer for that though i feel like that was a very logical response that i gave you i gave you a very performer response which is like what is the other thing i could logically do in the show um which is that if i had a fantasy role it would be bomb ballerina so why is that a fantasy role not in your just because i I'm like five two and will and look like an eternal child, and I will never in my entire life be the tall, sexy girl. It's just, it's not like I will never, I will never in my entire life look like a woman that should play bomb. Like that's it's so it's that like leggy, rockette, sexy, tall woman, and that's just that's not in my cards. Yeah. But I think it would be damn fun. I've asked a lot of people this question and I've, I have wondered if everyone's mind immediately goes to which, what you said, what you could do, like, this would be the one I'd be good at or another mm-hmm. like role I could do versus like for me who can't do any of them. I'm like, which one is super <laughs> fun to be? You know, like not, it's more of just like, I don't think about it at all because I can't, I can't sing. I can't dance. I couldn't of course. stuff. What would, what would your choice be? Oh, I, you know, I think, I think it would be super fun like for me again, because I can't do all of it to do Bustifer. Oh, but, fully. And you can't. That, but then I learned like then you got to be Peter and Gus, and I don't think like I would not be a good Gus. Um, so I don't wanna, know. You just want to like show up and be Bustifer and then peace out. Yeah, just sit there with their like spoon, pimp cane, and walk around just jovial and then leave. <laughs> Old Deuteronomy is an interesting one too. But then when I saw that he sat on stage during intermission, I'm like, nope. No way. That, that suit is hot too. Well, it's the same thing you mentioned. Like, you, yeah. you, like when you go to the bathroom, when do you get your break, get your water? I'm like, he, I guess he's not on at all times, but I was like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like intermission is the time when the crowd does that. I was like, how's he giving this up? Yeah. But then again, he does that into the top of act two and then he gets to take another break. You know what I mean? So he does, I feel like he gets kind of like Grizz, like he gets a big chunk Mm-hmm. And he has giant breaks on the other side, as opposed to the rest of the cats that are on stage from the downbeat to the finale, and then only have intermission and like Mungo to run pee. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the part. Like, if I was my my like first time thinking about it, I was like, it was Mungo Jerry because I thought that whole number, but I couldn't do any of that. 
Like it, yeah, so, in, in, in fantasy land, yeah. though, you can do anything. So that's good for the second question. What is your favorite song? And I'm going to eliminate your your own song. So take yours You're out. Gonna, of it. That's fine. Eliminate my song. Um, my favorite song. Oh, it has to be McCavity. That's mine too. And it wasn't. It, it was Monday Jerry Rebel Teaser until I started re, like researching all this stuff and was and I started listening to these more frequently. And I'm like, oh, this is by far the the best song. This is McCavity. McCavity. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's like. It's sexy. It's rich. I I loved it. That was also one of the ones that I didn't have to the a number that I didn't have to dance. I only got to sing. So I kind of lived for that too. Yeah, it's it's, it's a song that's now most stuck in my head most frequently. Oh, for sure, for sure. I also don't um, love this. Is sound terrible. I don't love to listen to musical theater. Like I like to do it a lot. I love to sing and dance and be on stage, but I'm never going to sit at home and say, you know what? I think I'm going to listen to some Andrew Lloyd Webber, like not on your life. Never. Um, um, I'm definitely the same way. Uh, are you? It's, oh yeah, it's very clear. I'm an outsider. I spend more time watching sports <laughs> than I, I showed you like what's behind me. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I spend more time oh, yeah. watching, watching the NBA and NHL playoffs than I in, in golf than I do watching musical theater, but being in New York and being there, it, like it's fun to go. I love going, but I never listened to a cast album before. After occasionally, I listen to like one or two songs I like loved out of it, but it's like I very rarely listen from start to finish. The only reason I've even done that now is it's my writing brain power. Is like when I did the initial episodes where I was breaking down the characters, I would pull up the YouTube clip and watch their the number. Like, and that was how I'd like start with it, which is the 1998 movie. They're just, just on YouTube. And so I would watch that number and then I'd be like, oh yeah, that kind of got stuck in my head, got stuck in my head. And then that was why, like I started to learn so many songs. But if you ask me about things like the naming of the cast, the joke about any ones where it wasn't a character I broke down, I'm like, I don't know a lot about it. I couldn't tell you any of the words from it. Like I've listened to it probably five times in my life. Cause I listened to the, like the ones is like research. Of course. Yeah, sure, sure. Research. I also realized when I was learning the show that um, something that I had completely forgotten was I had to memorize the naming of cats in the eighth grade. Really? For my my English lit class. Yeah. Um, I went to this like crazy Catholic private school and we used to have to do a lot of like speech memorization. And it wasn't until I was in rehearsal for the show that I was realizing that I already knew it and it just had been retained in my brain because eighth grade Sarah had to stand up in front of the class and we all did one at a time, had to recite the naming of cats. Most, most schools do like the Gettysburg address and you did the name. We had to do that too. I can still, I can still do all the presidents in order. Like we had to do all of that stuff. We knew the states in order in a song. I still know the states alphabetically, but I can't sing it. I just know it, but that's (laughs) Okay. So, all right. I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, okay. So we did um, favorite song. Who's your favorite and least favorite cat? Not, not actor. Take the actors out of it. Just, okay. Just the cat. Favorite cat. <sighs> I think Tugger's a really fun cat. It'd be between, between Tugger and Mistopheles. I love the magic element that Misto can just like show up and do a bunch of turns and make shit explode. I think that's super, I think that's super cool. I also think that Tugger is a really fun cat. 
because he can get away with whatever he wants. And I, I think that's really fun. Least favorite. Least favorite cat. Hmm. I mean, honestly, if I didn't play it, I think my least favorite would be Jenny. That's wow. so terrible. That's so terrible. Well, I know, right? No, but I, again, I loved it and I had a lot of fun with it. But example, like in the original production, hands down would skip over that number. Hands down. I'm like the cockroaches and the shuffle ball change. And it was like bland and not exciting. So that, that would be a pass. That would be a, a yay for the revival, a pass for the original. That um, is a, okay. I, that's a very controversial, not, controversial say, answer. Hey. Might be but some people you know don't what? agree with you there. I just yeah, said, oh, I said Peter. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. My answer is still Peter. Who's Peter? Peter is the is is Christopher Gurr in the beginning. Oh yes. Okay. The Who, most worthless character ever again, created. But like all these cats that we just say names and they don't actually exist. Like, do those even count? I mean, they're in the orgy. <laughs> No, Peter's not, no, the Peter's not in the orgy, but he's in the, mm, the opening number. <laughs> little, little old Gus is in the orgy. 100% is laying around in the back during the orgy. I know this to be true because I can picture glancing over and seeing him in this orgy on stage left as I was orgying on stage right. And uh, I would orgy with, you know, gay uncle skimble shakes so as we would be doing our thing we had to orgy right in front of, <laughs> of the old dude I you stuck to calling it we're orging the whole time here was the whole explanation well that totally it is specifically this section though that literally it's like the sexy time dance the orgy um and we're literally rolling around on the ground like there's nothing else there's nothing else to call it and you'd be like what are we doing and i remember as we would, you know, be slowly slithering around, sometimes like body rolling down the stage on each other, trying not to laugh. I'm sounding really professional right now. Um, and we'd look up and old dude would just be like sitting on the stairs, like watching us. And it's so, it's so funny. It's just so funny. And I know so many parts of this can be so serious and about redemption and whatnot. But in the end of the day, like I was getting paid hard cold American dollars to wear a unitard and face paint and body roll around with my friends as another friend in a giant fat suit like watched us slither around on each other trying to make each other laugh and that's that's what cats is to me made to be a cat yeah like that shit's really funny guys it's funny yeah and that's what I that's why this is a parody is because I find it (laughs) funny but I do think I do don't. think that I know they don't. I know they don't, and that's why I was like, "Well, you know, not here, not here to make friends." But I, I get it. I also get when you see something and it moves you, and you get what you need to out of it, and that's that's what art is. You know what I mean? It's subjective. Like somebody's going to sit and watch this, and it's going to change their life because they see a story about redemption, and somebody else is going to sit in the audience and see it and go, "Oh shit, I can make money doing this." Okay, I guess I'll keep taking voice lessons. You know what I mean? And it's it's different to everyone, but I don't think there's a wrong answer. Did you when you walked out as a 19 year old, were you just like, God, make that money, everyone on stage, go get paid? I did. I call it do kick get check. Sometimes there are shows that are so fulfilling to your soul, and sometimes you got to do kick and get a check. Do kick is it? Get what is check. 
Yeah, do pick. Get check. Get check. That is the the dancing like theater version totally. of that. One hundred percent. It's always been cash cash them checks. Cash them checks. This is do a kick, get a check. Um, but yeah, I think that is to say. But that this was a completely that whole experience of doing it was such a. It was an artistic fulfillment, not because of, like I said earlier, not because of what the weight of the story that it brought to my own life, but simply because I had so much freedom on stage. And that's so rare, especially in modern day musical theater, where you have these, you know, associate directors and choreographers and people that are maintaining shows. And they're like, you were half an inch off of your number you and you have to say the line this way and you have to keep everything so in line and in this box that show was so much freedom it was the hardest thing i've ever done and the most fun thing i've ever done all in the same package but it should be that way because it's not like there are plenty of other shows where things have to kind of move in the right step at the right time for the story to progress and it's like if you miss the cue something is like off on the story but there's it's clear we've turned you've gave your 15 point version i gave my one hour long x factor version like there's everyone's got a very random way that they interpret the the musical so you can have a little bit more fun and have a little bit of that freedom because there's just a couple core things that have to happen and the rest is kind of like is of what course. it is of course and and the especially in this revival i thought the sound and the lighting were so excellent like it was such a visual feast to be able to sit there and it directed your eye exactly where it was supposed to. So anything that wasn't, as long as you weren't distracting from where the audience was supposed to be paying attention, it was a lot of freedom. You know what I mean? So as long as you feel, you know, lived still within the world. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was great to be able to not, ever really know what the night had in store. You just had to stay jellical. You just had to stay jellical. And what does that even mean? It means whatever you want it to mean. That's right. So what are, what are you working on now? What can we, are you still teaching tap? Like what else is going on in your world? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, <laughs> exist on the daily. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird weird, weird time. Um, I've gotten very comfortable with, I don't know, you know, I think, I think a lot of people ask, you know, what's coming up or what are you going to do when this is over? What is this? What is this? And I think when it comes down to it, I don't, I don't know. Like none of us, none of us really know. Mm -hmm. I had stuff that was supposed to start in the spring. I was going to do the new, um, the revised production of Thoroughly Modern Millie at mm. Encores that um, Janine Tesori and they were coming back, they were rewriting all that stuff. Uh, Camille Brown was doing the choreography. It was a huge, heavy tap show. So I was super, super excited to do it. Um, I think that it, it might, again, because they put so much work into redoing it, that it might resurface at some point. But, um, but yeah, I just... I don't know. So until then I'm teaching some, I actually, it's really fun. Once a week I teach a beginning adult tap class in my apartment on zoom, which I started doing when I was at my parents in California, because so many people that aren't necessarily inherent dancers or that didn't really ever specialize in tap. Cause that's a different specialty that we discovered that, um, people like to just make 
jingle noises with their feet and tapping to classic jazz music makes people happy. And so no, we're like no experience necessary. Put on a pair of Converse and tap around in your kitchen and we do it once a week and it's super fun. It makes people happy. Um, and yeah, I'm teaching, I teach privates and, uh, just kind of walk my dogs and that's about (laughs) it. And how, and so how can we find you on social media? That's the other big, important question. Oh my gosh. So important. Um, you know, to see all those photos of just my dogs. Uh, it is Sarah S A R A H M Jenkins at all the places, Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use that. I don't have a Facebook. Easy enough. Yeah. Because why? Uh, yeah. So Well, thank you so much for for being on and being an amazing guest and having the the uh, a refresh. You taught me something I didn't know about the. I'm I'm going to keep calling it the Bounce Castle set. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and I loved your 15 point summary. Like that's (laughs) thank you such such a better version than most of what I've heard. Uh, So yeah, again, so thank you so much for for being a, a great guest. Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode with Sarah M. Jenkins on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.